What up, what up, what up? What's going on, America? And welcome to the newest episode of the Dear America podcast. Okay. Uncensored. That's right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is so much stuff to talk to you guys about today. Jake, yes. right now, we are all Texans. Right now, oh we are all God. Texans. Texas is pretty much suing the entire world at this point. And thank you. Yes, yes. And thank God somebody has the metaphorical and literal nuts. nuts. Wow, we did it together. Jinx, you owe me something. What is it called? (laughs) Anyway, Texas is taking this to the Supreme Court. But there's a lot of people who seem to be confused as to what they're doing, what the case is, all this stuff. So I have done... Man, I have done some research today, and I am yeah. ready to just drop the the philosophical bomb down on everybody. Nice. I had to like I had like something bomb! stuck in my throat there. I couldn't finish. <laughs> uh, okay, so but really quick, let's just talk about some stuff. Um, I want to talk about in the news, and this was trending just last night. So remember, COVID nineteen is this horrible thing, right? So here we go. So your random news for today. Hundreds of maskless Trey Songs fans pack an Ohio club amid COVID-19 pandemics. I don't see anybody condemning Trey Songs. I don't see anybody having a problem. Apparently, the virus likes R&B slash rap music. Yeah, that makes sense. It's okay there, but when's the last time you've been to a rock concert? This is music discrimination mm-hmm. at this point, and how dare they? How dare thee? How dare thee? How dare thee? John Snow. John Snow. <laughs> Did you hear that they're making a new Game of Thrones? Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a prequel. To say sorry for the last season? What's the... No. See, I didn't think the last season was <laughs> Me that neither. Bad. Me neither. Right? You know what? Uh, email us, graham at dearamericamedia.com. Graham at dearamericamedia.com. We love reading your messages. We're your, asking the real questions Your here. critiques. And by God, did you think the last season of Game of Thrones was worth it? Just, just see, give us See, the- most people, it was like a 10-year escapade that they've been watching it, waiting. Me, me and my wife watched it in like two weeks. That's what we did. So the last season, it was like, cool, that was awesome. Okay, but, but to that argument, people that complain, mm-hmm. this is the problem that I have. Um, it's never going to be what you think it should be because it's a director and a producer that's actually making the show. Right. So it's what they think it should be and how they think it should go. Well, who's this season about? Or the um, new show? It's about what? What, what, what was? Stark? What? No. What was the blonde chick? What was she really? Uh, Khaleesi. A, a tar- Targaryen. Tar- it's about the Targaryens oh. before, like, the fall of the Targaryens. You know, That's cause, cool. Because the whole Game of Thrones is she's, like, like retrieving her birthright or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's talking about what happened hmm. leading up to that point. So how you're going to... Uh, Wow, crap. We digress. No, no, we have not digressed yet. I'm not done. How, what what did, uh, what did Jason Momoa call her? Uh, dragon mother or something. No, something. Uh, my moon and stars. My moon and stars. Yeah. And, and he was awesome. We're also completely overlooking that literally on the first episode, she's pretty much forcibly raped in that episode. Uh, which if that if that was made today, people would lose their mind. Okay, mm-hmm. again, I'm just saying. Look, you can 
<laughs> you ladies, I know you're listening, going, don't talk about my man like that. <laughs> That's exactly what happens, okay? Right. She was sold into that that clan or tribe or whatever it was. She didn't even know this dude. He didn't buy her a drink first. Nothing. Anyway, yeah. all right. Dude couldn't even speak English. Dude couldn't even speak English. <laughs> I mean, that's even worse. He grunted all the God time. God almighty. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho, as I just ruined Game of Thrones for... Politics or something? Uh, yeah, okay. So <laughs> so politics. Okay. Um, actually, before we get into the Texas-SCOTUS battle, that is the election, I actually want to get into something that really, really, really bothered me. Uh, last night... Uh, you know this guy, uh, if you guys haven't paid attention, the Georgia Senate runoffs are a very big deal. Oh, yeah. Right now. I don't know if you've paid attention to this, but 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 it's a very big thing. It could potentially lead to the end of American society as we know it if you don't get out there and vote. That's right. Um, and this person that I'm about to talk about is one of the people that are Wacko. running. And, uh, but before we do that, we got to get into a sponsor. All right, Jake, who is first? Our today? first sponsor is Scoremaster. Scoremaster. There they are. I can't read. So here we go. All right. Did you know that the average American has 97 points they can add to their credit score and have no idea how to get them? Scoremaster is the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. Forget raising your credit score a few points. That's weak, yo. <laughs> I'm going to add that into the thing. You're welcome, Scoremaster. That's weak, yo. The average Scoremaster user raises their credit score 61 points in 20 days or less. Say your credit score is in the fi- high 500s to mid 600s when you bought that new car. If you'd just gone to credit score, Jake, first and raised your credit score, just the average 61 points our listeners get, you could have saved nine grand Dang it. on your car loan. Whoa, that's a lot of bills. If you own a business... You know how essential great credit is. You know what? The whole business loan thing is a scam. I mean, it really is, especially right now with the pandemic. So go to ScoreMaster. ScoreMaster puts you in control of your finances, not the banks. Banks is what's wrong with this whole dang country. Anyway, Mm -hmm. enroll in minutes and see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score. Visit ScoreMaster.com slash Graham. ScoreMaster.com slash Graham. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a bang real quick. There you go. We got the bang energy, uh, f- like gigantic refrigerator in the studio now. Uh, bang, thankful for bang. Go check out bangenergy.com right now and get your bang energy. Jake, pop that top and let everybody hear it. Woo! There it is. Bang! Thank you guys. Bang. We're super pumped to have bang. As a sponsor, uh, and they're awesome, amazing people. Con Christians, uh, Christians, Con Christians, conservative Christians. I just made a new word. They're <laughs> Con Christians. Uh, go check them out. BangEnergy.com. All right, let's see here. Okay, back to what I was talking about. Speaking of Christians, hmm. so this guy's name is Reverend Warnock. Kind of sounds a lot like Warlock. To me. Yeah. But anyway, this dude is freaking nuts, man. He's talking about America. Uh, he he really is like a pastor. And to his congregation, he's talking about America needs to repent for their worshiping of whiteness. whiteness. Yet he's a black pastor and a black man running for Senate. Mm-hmm. But I guess that doesn't mean anything. Anyway, last night, Flip he... Flip that around, b- man. Did you see... Uh. 
What? I said flip that situation around. A white oh, pastor. I thought you were like telling me I need to flip something around. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's like a white pastor saying, we need to rid ourselves of blackness. The worship of blackness. What? Yes, exactly. Okay, did you see his tweet last night? No. Okay. Oh, la- yes, I did. The pro-choice thing? Yes. Yeah. So last night, now, granted, this man is a... What's the difference between a reverend and a pastor? I have no idea. Google it. Let's find out. Let, let's educate people while we do this. What is the difference between a reverend and a pastor? I'm going to wait until Jake pulls this up. Right. We're testing what his Googling skills. What is the difference? There's probably people screaming in the stereo right now. It's this. It's this. But I don't know. So what's the difference? difference between a pastor and a reverend is a slow internet speed not loading the page okay oh my gosh are two of the christian honorifics and titles okay there's a clear division who is a pastor oh goodness who is a reverend what is the difference pastor is the head of the church and when there is just one priest he is the pastor too in a large church with many priests the priest is who is in charge The priest in charge is called the pastor. A reverend is not a title that shows power in the church hierarchy, but an adjective (laughs) to show respect to a member of the clergy. Okay, so, So, so he is a pastor or he's not a pastor? Reverend is a term that does not show any church hierarchy. A pastor is like the top of the church. A okay. reverend is not in okay, the so, hierarchy. Okay, so so he went to like seminary, but he's not necessarily like a pastor of a head of a church or Correct. something like that. Okay, yes. all right. Well, then this guy is confused because his 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 handle is Reverend. <laughs> this guy's confused. His his handle is Reverend Warnock. That's what it says, Reverend Warnock. And then you, last night he tweeted out, "I am a pro-choice pastor." And that's what I want to talk about right now. Okay. Um, to me, that's a bit of an oxymoron, right? Like, like how can you be a pastor and be pro-choice? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm that. an NFL player that just doesn't play NFL. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm allergic to cleats, and I play in the NFL. I'm really good, though. Trust me. Man, uh, explain it to me, Jake. How can, and I know me and you don't talk about this much, like the pro-life, pro-choice debate mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, but I feel like we should, and and especially from a pastor perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts first before I say mine, yeah. uh, because I think most people know where I'm going to go, but I'm just curious, like, from a man that claims to be a reverend or a pastor, whichever one, he's confused himself, mm-hmm. it's... A guy that, a guy that's supposed to be a pastor saying they're pro-choice. Like, yeah, talk uh, to me about it. So I see it uh, similar as uh, Al Sharpton. So oh, Reverend Al Sharpton, what a like horrible human. He is. These guys rely on uh, chaos and division and stuff like that. Like Al Sharpton doesn't have a job unless there's racial issues going on. You know, that's what he makes his money off of. So this quote-unquote pastor is trying to gain support and virtue signal and everything like that. But to the Bible, it it's really, you know, how do you want to interpret it? And this guy has decided he wants to interpret it differently for, I guess, power or popularity to win the race, whatever it may be. But as a Christian, I don't think, you know, I'm glad I see you that brought as pretty up, wrong. I'm glad you brought up how you interpret it. Because that's what a lot of people are like. They're like, well, the Bible doesn't talk about abortions. Well, no crap. They didn't have abortions back when the Bible was written. Right. So you're an idiot. Bam. Right off the bat. Congratulations. Where's your trophy? Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, I always love this. It's like, the Bible didn't talk about semi-automatics. Well, they didn't have them back then. What about drinking Bud Light? That's not in there. Well, guess what they didn't have? There ain't nothing about space travel in the Bible. Yeah, there ain't nothing about getting on a plane in the Bible. Well, they didn't have it. Jeez, people are stupid, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I found just a couple of verses, right? Like, like you, you're not going to find a verse in the Bible that says you should not abort your baby. Right. Because they didn't have... Guess that means you can do it. ...abortions back then. All right, but let's just go to Exodus 20.13. And this took me literally 30 seconds, okay? Literally. Scripture, abortion. You don't even have to do like a full sentence. Like, Scripture... <laughs> Abortion. This has been thought about before. And bam, it just pops up. Okay, Exodus 20:13. You shall not murder. Interpret that. <laughs> mm. Hold on. <laughs> I'm telling you, abortion gets me riled up, man. Okay, all right. So, you shall not murder, but Graham, people do still kill people. Yeah, and they go to jail and prison and we kill them for it. Right. Jeez almighty. Okay. Let's just keep going. All right. This one's a little longer, but it's Psalm 139, 13 through 16. Okay. So this goes along the purpose of if God made you, why would he be okay with you like killing? Right. So for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So that pretty much is saying that Jesus knew you, Jesus formed you, he had a plan for you even before you were born. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my favorite one is Jeremiah one five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Mm. So we're talking about interpreting the Bible however you want. I don't know how you read Jeremiah one five and go, my body, my choice. Yeah. I don't know how you make that jump. And in fact, somebody argued with me today with probably the dumbest comment of the week. We need like a sound effect for dumbest comment of the week. (laughs) They go, Graham, there's a difference between being pro-choice and pro-abortion. Just because someone's pro-choice doesn't mean they're pro-abortion. Well, in fact, actually, if you're taking... The literal like because it, it's a it's a it's a it's a zing term right kind of like defund the police yeah. you know I mean it's a zing term pro choice pro life if you say one or the other you can play semantics all day long but but if you say you're pro life you are naturally anti abortion if you yeah. say pro choice you are naturally pro abortion like, I mean that's the, just the whole the, way it is. the whole like are you pro choice it's like. Well, I'm having the baby. There's no choice about that. So the only choice is to not have it. Right, exactly. And so, but but they went further and they said, I believe that every American, oh no, no, they said what he's actually saying. And I love people when they go, what he's actually saying is, <laughs> yeah. it's like Joe Biden's press mm. team. What he actually meant was he believes that women should have the choice over their own body and their own health. And uh, every Amer- and as an American, I believe every American should have that choice. So I, you know, I don't respond a lot, but I responded to this one. And I said, I literally copied and pasted like the person's own thing. You know, every American should have the freedom of choice over their body and their health. Hmm. Where does that end? 
So that baby is not an American. Right. That baby doesn't have freedom choice. or choice over their health or their body. What about people who can't speak for themselves? The innocent. Mm-hmm. Well, the baby, you know, the baby can't talk, so you don't know what the baby wants. Well, a baby can't talk for like two years after it's born. Right. How do you really know what the baby wants? Maybe the baby wants to off itself at one. Who right. knows? Who, other- who are we? Who are we to say what that baby wants to do? Right. Stupid people, man. Yeah, and and the thing <laughs> a lot of people don't think about, kind of sidetracked a little bit, but is the depression and the negative things that come with the guilt about having an abortion. And then also the fact that it reduces your chance to have a kid in the future by a lot. Having an abortion can mess things up. So if you're thinking like, well, this isn't the right time, maybe I'll do it later. It's like, well, that, I mean, abortion's not just an easy thing. It it can mess you up. Abortion is, okay. I am 1 million percent. 1,000%, no matter what the scenario, no matter what the issue, as horrible as it may be that you were impregnated, which accounts for less than 1% of abortions, by the way, a statistic that most people don't want to talk about, the vast majority of abortions are selfish decisions. I got pregnant because I had sex with some dude I liked and I want to live my life, and I don't want to have a kid. That's, that is the vast majority of abortions. Shut up. You're wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. That is the vast majority of abortions. So me, I am 100%, no matter what the cause, even if it is a horrific incident that leads you to being pregnant, horrible things happen to good people, right? I'm not saying that it's not a horrible situation. I'm not saying... That it's not something that you will also need therapy for your entire life. But that baby didn't do anything. And let me tell you something. If you were raped, and it's this horrible thing, I'm going to be very careful what I say here because obviously I cannot relate to that. That's something that you're going to have to deal with your entire life. Why add yet another thing that is going to pull at your conscience, pull at your morality of your soul? Mm -hmm. There are so many people that got pregnant due to rape that had the child that that child is literally the life-saving thing that saved those people's lives. Yeah. Because something good and miraculous and amazing can come out of horrible situations. Yeah. And me and you have had that conversation a lot. Why do bad things happen to good people? Mm Mm-hmm. It's a question that we're not designed to understand. In fact, the Bible actually has verses about that. You right. know, Jesus borderline says, you're too dumb to understand. I mean, he does. I love, I love, I like to imagine Jesus and God as a sarcastic person yeah. because I am sarcastic. So I like to imagine that he's got a little bit of a zinger type humor. I like to imagine he's wearing a Metallica shirt. Yeah, wearing a, <laughs> I like my Jesus to have a mullet. Six pounds. You know, anyway, all right, pounds. no, what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is, I mean, he pretty much said, like, like he got asked directly the question, you know, why is this happening to me? Yeah. And he goes, do you know the stars in the sky? Do you know the sand, the count of sand on the beach? I didn't think so. Shut up. I didn't think so, because you ain't, you ain't smart you ain't enough. God. Yeah, you're not me. 
it is it is it is ridiculous for you to try to understand. Yeah. But out of tragedy, like look at something like nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Look how many as horrible of a day that as that was. Mm-hmm. Look how many positive, amazing, life changing things that happened from that horrible incident. Yeah. Okay. We are not designed to understand the long term. We can look back almost 20 years later and go, wow, this organization was created. These millions of people joined the military. Their whole life went a different direction. We can look at that now right? in hindsight perspective. But it all boils back to this moron who says that he's a pro-choice pastor. Mm-hmm. You are not a pastor. You're actually just a really crappy Christian. Yeah, it's what John talks about all the time, like being a cool pastor is not being a pastor at all. Like Correct. you're supposed to be hated by the majority. If you're a Christian pastor, that's what it talks about in the Bible. If you're not, and if you're trying to be cool and bend the rules of Christianity to get a following, well, then you're a fraud. Yeah, exactly. Uh, being a pastor is like being a parent to a whole bunch of people. If your kids are never mad at you ever, then you're probably a horrible parent. Yeah. Okay. Let's just be honest. So pastor is the same thing. A pastor's job is not to, to make you feel good. Right. A pastor's job is to tell you. Now, and again, I realize not everybody believes Christianity. I realize we're getting kind of on a tangent here. But if you're going to church, you're there for a reason, right? The pastor's job is not supposed to make you feel good, like freaking Joel Osteen or whatever right. his name is. If you believe in God, then God. he's, he's going to bless you. Wealth is going to find you'll you. You'll be so rich. You, health and prosperity is going to going to determine your being. Mm. No, that's fake crap. Is what it is. Actually, the Bible actually says if you choose to be a Christian, it's going to be real tough on you. Yeah, that's what it says. Anyway, a pastor is not supposed to be your best friend. A pastor is not supposed to be. You're not supposed to feel warm and fuzzy about everything. A pastor is supposed to gut punch you mm-hmm. straight up. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Write me, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. That's Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Let me know what you think. Let me know. Do you think I'm off base? Do you think I'm wrong? If you've had an abortion and you listen to this show, let me know. Let me know your thoughts about what I say. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't think you're going to change my opinion on it, but I welcome any, any conversation on this. To me, life starts at conception. I have found nothing in the Bible that ca- contradicts that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I believe. Uh, I, I I find it difficult to justify that someone becomes a person as soon as they pass through a vagina. Yeah. Sorry. What about C-section babies? Do they not count? Are they second-class citizens because they didn't go through the vaginal canal? I'm serious. Yeah. Where's the line? That's just my opinion. So this dude is an idiot. If you live in Georgia, you need to go vote because this is the type of person that could potentially be a senator in Georgia. Would Jesus Christ say something like that? I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There's a lot of things I say that I know Jesus wouldn't say, but I'm not Jesus. Yeah. And Lord knows he knows that. But I'm pretty sure Jesus would not be pro murdering the baby that he made. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's just me. All right. There's the rest of this show is going to be talking about the election, the Texas case, the Texas lawsuit. I have broken down things that are going to blow your 
mind because the average American doesn't know any of this stuff and you need to because this is why it matters. What is constitutional versus what is just U.S. code? What is congressional um, amendments versus just, that's just precedent of what we've done. We're going to talk about it, but before we do, got to get into a sponsor. All right, Jake. So next we have uh, iTarget. This year has reminded us of many things, including how important it is to look after the ones we love. This holiday season, give the gift of safety, accuracy, and self-defense. Give them iTarget Pro. When the government can't or won't protect your family, self-defense is your only option. But most of us don't have the time to consistently train. Plus, ammo is really expensive. I went in to buy guns yesterday. I was going to like, I had like an hour and a half between meetings. Mm -hmm. And I went into Grady's and I was like, you know, I'm just going to buy guns. Because why not? And there were so many people there that I couldn't even do it. So anyway, <laughs> little pet peeve. That's why iTarget Pro was invented. Using their proprietary app and laser bullet, you can now train safely in the convenience of your own home with your actual firearm. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223 and 556. Today, you can save 10%. Ah, today. You can save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code G-R-A-H-A-M at checkout. When you go to itargetpro.com, this is the smartest way for you to practice and it pays for itself in just a few days. This holiday season gives the gift that is a bullseye. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code Graham. Woo! All right, Jake, so it's Christmas. Did you see the freaking... Woke Santa that told the kid that he couldn't have a Nerf gun. If that uh, plexiglass wasn't there, I would have socked Santa in the face. I, You know, one of the biggest... Fraud, anyway. It wasn't even the real Santa, Yeah, it wasn't even the real Santa. So, first of all, uh, he did get fired, by the way, from what what I read. Um, Here's the thing. So, everybody's seen that. I made a video about it. We're not going to talk about it long. This actually is a family feud that I want to bring to a point. Christmas Story. Is the greatest movie, A, ever made. It's the greatest Christmas movie ever made. What's better? Christmas Vacation is a million times it's better. It's a solid 1B. All right, <laughs> All right it's a solid fair enough. 1A. Christmas Vacation is hilarious, but it's made to be over-the-top hilarious. It's comedy, yeah. Right? It's comedy. Chris, a Christmas story, there's nothing exaggerate or, or exaggerated right. about a Christmas story. It's just more boring. It is. It is the real-life scenario of what it's actually like being a family leading up to Christmas Day. Yeah. Okay? What happened with that Santa proves <laughs> that a Christmas story is more of a real-type story than anything else. If you have ever seen a person that is a movie character in real life, mm-hmm. it's that Santa telling the kid he can't get a Nerf gun, just like Ralphie can't get a Red Ryder BB gun yeah. in the movie. Like when Santa goes, you'll shoot your out, kid, and like kicks him down the little thing. <laughs> if there had been a slide, I swear to the Lord above, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, uh, we tried to get in touch with the kid, uh, but so many other major news outlets yeah. beat us to it. Uh, he's got a lot of Nerf guns now. Yeah, and that Santa um, is out of a job. And the Santa is out of a job because he sucks. He smells of beef and cheese, and he's a liar, as what, the elf would say. What kind of reasoning do you think was going on in his brain? Like, what was it against guns? So even Nerf guns aren't okay for kids to have? Is that what the Santa was saying? It's just, uh, yeah. 
Like, I don't want him to get fired for being misunderstood. Like, if he said something like, you know. No, no, he said, he said, nope, not going to get you a Nerf gun, no guns. He said, if your dad wants to get you one, that's fine, but Santa's not going to do it. Hmm. Exact quote. Yeah. What a loser. Anyway, okay, look, <laughs> unless, unless you're retired, okay, and it's like like your retirement job, if you're a mall Santa, life has probably not gone the way you want it to right. in the first place. There's a reason that you're a mall Santa, unless you're retired and you just really like and, making kids happy or whatever. Yeah. But, but he's acting like he's actually going to be the one to get the kid presents. Yeah, like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't believe in guns. So yeah, I'm not going to get you like, that. What else you want? Like you don't know <laughs> that you're actually not Santa yeah. and you're a mall employee making minimum wage, making a, a political statement to a seven year old. What a loser. All right, let's get into, uh, give me an applause, Jake. Here we go. All right. Texas. Woo! Suing multiple states to have basically their election results thrown out. I love it. Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, I believe, are the ones that are there. Weak states. All right. So basically, <laughs> a, a lot of people are, and, and Texas isn't the only one. Okay. So as of right before we started filming this, and there may be more by the time you listen, Texas isn't the only one joining. Okay, so far, these are all the states that have either joined or said they'll join if the Supreme Court takes the case. Uh All right. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Wyoming. It's half the country. Let me do a little quick count. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, like 7, 18. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. What happens if the majority of states say, no, 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 Supreme yeah. Court, you're going to take this freaking case? What happens? What happens if you got the majority of the, what, if you're the Supreme Court, and we're going to break down what the case actually is, I'm going to break down the Constitution, because I've done a lot of research here, Yeah. All right, this is, this man, get ready, ladies and gentlemen, we're finna educate today, all right, but what if the majority of states in this country pretty much demand the Supreme Court to take this case? That's all it is. Well, I mean, I mean, what happens? I realize the Supreme Court is the highest court, and they technically don't have to hear any case. Mm-hmm. But what would what would be the precedent? Because law is all about precedent, right? Well, what is precedent for this and that? And that's yeah. what they base it off of, along with the Constitution, et cetera. It, has there ever been a, pre- a precedent where the majority of American states demand the Supreme Court hear a case? I don't know. I don't know I don't, if that's ever happened. I, I don't know if there ever has, especially since we've been 50 states. Yeah. It's a good reminder, though, to the federal government. Like, a lot of people have it in their minds that the federal government is this big, powerful thing, and then we have all of our states. The states are more powerful. The states have states' rights. That's why states' rights are more important than anything else. Let's see. Who do I not see in here right now? Uh, California. Uh, I'm just looking. We need five more states to have the majority here. Yeah. Um, five more states. So I think that South Dakota, North Dakota's in there. I'm looking. I'm looking. Well, and they work for us. They work for uh, Louisiana. The states. Louisiana hasn't yet. Yeah, John Bell Edwards. Um, 
I think Louisiana will. He's ruining that state. Kentucky man. hasn't yet. I think Kentucky will. Uh, let's see here. Indiana. Indiana's in there. I'm looking, trying to see. Uh, what would be really funny is if Pennsylvania ends up doing it. They won't, but, <laughs> but that would be hilarious. Anyway, all I'm saying is, or, or what if you do if if just half, half the country says it? Yeah. We need uh, four, four more states for half the country. Oh, let me look. Alaska's not in there. Alaska will do it. Yeah, we could easily get to half. That's what I'm saying. 25. So what do you do? And we had this conversation several weeks ago when we were talking about the election and how it was looking on the map. And what do you do if literally half the country is truly divided? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Um, I think that there is zero chance that the Supreme Court does not take Texas case, especially now that all of these other states are signing on mm-hmm. to this stuff, okay? I, I just, I don't see how, and I think SCOTUS, which is the Supreme Court of the United States mm-hmm. for everybody, SCOTUS is also very aware of legal implications of things as well. Right. And I don't see any way that the Supreme Court does not hear Texas uh, Texas's case or lawsuit against the state. So let's break it down first. Let's talk about what is the actual case that they are presenting. All right. Let's see. So the actual thing. So law is a very finicky thing. I have learned this. I've been sued. I've been in the courtroom and all this stuff. And it's very, 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 very precise of what you're actually suing for. Mm-hmm. Okay, the law, judges, lawyers, everything is very black and white. Like you can't say Dominion did this and we had that. No, 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 no. You got to pick one. Which yeah. one are you going after? Okay, because Dominion, and that's where Sidney Powell, Powell has been thrown out and everything like that. They're like, no, 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 that doesn't have enough merit or warrant. So this is this is where Texas is coming from. The Texas suit argues that changes made by the four states we're talking about, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, to voting procedures amid the coronavirus pandemic to expand mail-in voting were unlawful. All right, and, and I actually got this from Yahoo News, so this is why it reads this. It's your favorite. Texas makes the remarkable request of the Supreme Court to immediately block the four states from using the voting results to appoint presidential electors to the Electoral College. Essentially, it's erasing the votes of those states. Okay, so one, uh, I found this video because there's a lot of people who don't know this. So, this is on uh, USA.gov, USA.gov slash elections. And it is a video made for children to understand how voting actually works. So, for people who don't understand, because when I get into the Constitution here in a minute, people think electors, when it's talking about electors, people think that they're talking about them. No, they're not talking about you in the Constitution. They're actually talking about a very specific group of people. So we're going to your Bluetooth connect play this video. Yeah, I do. It's a couple minutes into it, so I, so I got to find it. So give me just a second. Okay. Whoa! Hey kids, you ready to learn about the Constitution? It's made for kids. Look, I mean, this is how it is. Hold on. All right, the requirements. No, no, no. That's awesome. Uh, hold on. Primary and caucuses. No, no, no. Caucus. 
Hang on. I bruised my caucus yesterday. Okay, here we go. I think this is it. Of the general population. On election day, people in every state cast their vote. All right, here we go. So most people don't know. When people cast their vote, they are actually voting for a group of people called electors. The number of electors each state gets is equal to its total number of senators and representatives in Congress. Did you hear that? When people vote on election day, they're actually not voting for the candidate. They're voting for the electors. Okay, so the Constitution talks very much so about electors. So there's a bunch of key things that are in here. There's a lot of dates that people are throwing around. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of that. The thing that I did not know is that the only hard date that the Constitution actually talks about is January 20th. Okay, January 20th at noon, that's when the president's term ends, either the first term or the second term. That's when their power is no longer there anymore. January 20th at noon. All right. So but there's also a bunch of things. There's a difference between the Constitution and there's a difference between U.S. code. Yeah. Okay. so the Constitution talks about electors and a lot of people misread that and they think that, oh, well, they're talking about me. Mm hmm. No, that's not what it is. Now, hold on. I got a bunch of stuff here. That's the code. That's the code. Here we go. All right. So uh, Congress has the power. Hold on. Like I said, I got a lot here. Yes. Okay. So Congress, uh, the Constitution talks about the fact that Congress may determine the date and choosing the electors. The Congress may determine the time of choosing the electors and the day on which they shall give their votes which day shall be the same throughout the united states okay so that's what the constitution says so when it says electors it's not talking about me or you or anyone listening to this unless you actually are an elector for the gop or the dnc for your state um the constitution actually only talks about this verbatim here it is the congress may determine the time of choosing the electors and the day on which they shall give their votes, which day shall be the same throughout the United States. Okay, so if that's, that's what the Constitution says, then that's the way it is. So the Constitution doesn't specifically say that, uh, you know, this is election day, this is when the electors have to cast their votes, blah, blah, blah. It gives the power to the Congress to do that. Right. So what I didn't know is all of these different things that Congress has made throughout uh, throughout time here. So let's let's do this. So let's see here. So this is U.S. law. This is articles. Okay. All right. So this is uh, U.S. code. So this was passed in Congress. Um, the most recent change to it that, that it's still here is June 25th, 1948. All right. So this is, uh, this is code crap. What code is this? Hold on. I got to find it here because I want to give you guys the actual code that is this stuff. One second. This is live things. Okay. This is important for you guys to understand. Okay. Here we go. So this is actual Title Three, and it's deemed for the president. This is United States Code, 
Title three, and it's in section seven, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, meeting, uh, meeting and the vote of electors. Okay, so Congress actually passed this. Okay, so Congress actually passed that the electors of the president and vice president of each state shall meet and give their votes on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December following their appointment at such place. That's in a little each confusing. State. It's a little confusing, but sometimes, sometimes like, like, like Monday falls on a weird day, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And so that's where people get December 14th from. Because December 14th in 2020 is the first Monday after the second, second Wednesday, Wednesday huh. in December. Okay. Okay. Now, that's not constitutional, but that is a Congress-passed code. Code that we follow. Okay? So here's why I think that Trump is going to win this thing. Okay? And I'm not done. I've got a lot of other things here. Do you know what the POTUS Election Day Act is? I do not. Well, actually, let's start here. A lot of people are talking about Safe Harbor Day, which passed on the 8th. Okay, so that was Safe Harbor Day. Um, and that's actually called the Electoral Vote Act of 1887 or 1877. So let me go to that really quick. Electoral, and I'm Googling it as I talk about it uh, because I want people to know that I'm not just making this crap up. Like, this is, this is right here. So December 8th, 2020, the Safe Harbor Deadline. Um, it is talking about crap. That was did yesterday. I, did I lose December it? 8th. Yeah, December 8th. So a lot of people say that that makes it to where Trump no longer has a case. Okay, here we go. This deadline created by the notoriously confusing Electoral Vote Act of 1877, itself a reaction to the contested Hayes-Tilden election of 1876, essentially prohibits any challenge in Congress to state electors certified by that date. Set at six days before the Electoral College virtually meets to cast votes for the next president, while it has never been fully tested, a state certification of results and electors existing at the time of this deadline should also be very difficult to question in state or federal courts. Says should be very difficult to question. Doesn't say that it can't be questioned. Right. Okay, so that date that everybody's safe harbor, it's actually not constitutional. It's just a Congress passed, like, code. Right. Let's that, try and shoot for this. Right. Like, code that we go on. So, so as I further do, dove, delve. dove, delved into this, dove, dove into this, here's the thing. There's nothing in the Constitution that talks about when the election day actually is. Hard date, anyway. Okay? In fact... Um, elections used to go on for forever. Okay, so let's be transparent here. Uh, and this is why, let's see, we got to do presidential. Uh, give me just a second. Presidential Election Day Act. Did you know that that was a real thing? Mm -mm. The Presidential Election Day Act. Okay. Before the Presidential Election Day Act was passed, mm -hmm. voting for the president used to take forever, months, Okay, but it also can be argued back in before 1845, there was a lot of things that would cause it to take forever. <laughs> All right. On January 23rd, 1845, the 28th U.S. Congress passed an act to establish a uniform time for holding elections for electors of president and vice president in the, all the states of the union. 
let you know what time this was written. The Act selected the Tuesday after the first Monday in November as the day on which all states must vote. Okay? So that's also not in the Constitution. That's code. Mm-hmm. It's U.S. code. All right? The 28th Congress passed that. So why is that important, Graham? Why are we talking about this? Okay. Texas is saying that these states did not have the authority to make the decision that they made to extend the election through mail-in ballots. Right. Okay? Now, a lot of people are arguing, well, it was the coronavirus and da-da-da-da-da. But these are Congress-passed U.S. codes. Now, I'm not even saying that if they had taken it to Congress and it would have gotten passed, I'm not saying that it would have or it wouldn't have for them to have been able to extend it. Because they had Lord knows enough time before the actual election. So here's the thing that the Supreme Court has to hear and has to listen to. If we have the Constitution and if we have these United States Congress passed U.S. codes that Mm -hmm. we abide by and have since 1845, shouldn't we have had to put another Congress meeting U.S. code in place to circumvent these codes that we have operated for since 1845? Yeah, I'd be interested to see what, like, the code is for breaking a code. Like, it, it's not law, is it? The well, code, it's well, just right. like it's not good. Well, guidelines. Well, but is it not? Because if you circumvent it all the way back to the Constitution, what does the Constitution say? The Constitution says that Congress mm-hmm. will decide when voting happens, when the electors cast their votes. Congress will decide the date and time for all this stuff. That's what the Constitution says. Yeah. The Constitution says that Congress decides. Yeah. The Constitution don't say that the states decide. The Constitution says Congress decides. And for that very reasoning right there, I think Texas wins this case in the Supreme Court. Because if we're going law, if we're going Constitution, if you trace it all the way back to the Constitution, well, the Constitution doesn't you know, specifically say dates and whatnot. No, it doesn't. It says the Congress decides. Well, the Congress decided in 1845 that the election day would be held on what is November 3rd this year. That's what it says. So if Congress, the states, or whatnot did not do what needed to be done, to pass another Congress-related code or an amendment to a code or whatever, did the states actually have the authority to change a Congress-mandated code? That is the argument that Texas has, and that is why so many states are signing on because they're like, oh, crap, you're on to something there. If they did not have the authority, you have to cancel all those votes. You have to cancel every single one. So as we have said... For a very long time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not over. Okay? Because, and everybody's like, but December 14th, they got to cast it. Well, if you can, if you can bypass one code, yeah. which says you actually are only have the one day on November 3rd to vote, mm-hmm. if that don't matter, well, then this December 14th date don't matter. Right. And if you can circumvent U.S. code without having to go to Congress to be able to do it, See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't have it both ways. 
And if you go back to the Constitution, which that's the Supreme Court of the United States' ultimate job, is to vote, is it constitutional or is it not? Yeah. The Constitution says very plainly that the Congress decides the dates and times, and it shall be that way throughout the entire United States. Yeah. So if Congress set up a Presidential Election Day Act in 1845, did these four states have the authority, the constitutional authority to change it? Because they're really the only four states that did. Yeah. I think there was six total. Everybody else got their crap done on the day. Except these, there was really six states because you got Nevada and Arizona, but everybody's really focusing on Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. They all just happened to be states he was winning that night. And then he ended up losing, right? That, that, that Next switched morning. the election. Yep. So again, circling it all back for you guys so you guys understand, okay? The actual election day, the actual safe harbor day, the actual December 14th electors cast their votes to certify the election. Those are all U.S. code that Congress has passed into U.S. code. That's not Constitution stuff. Constitution says Congress shall pick the date and times for elections and for electors to cast their votes, right? And then... The Presidential Election Day Act, one more time, I'm going to read it for everybody. On January 23, 1845, the 28th, the 28th U.S. Congress passed an act to establish a uniform time for holding elections for electors of president and vice president in all the states of the union. It's pretty straightforward. They, they, the act selected the Tuesday after the first Monday in November. There's no, unless there's a pandemic clause in there. Right. So again, if we're going back to constitutional authority, the Supreme Court has to hear this case. And I think, I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, but just from my little bit of research that I have done here, if you go back to the ultimate document from which the Supreme Court makes their decisions, mm -hmm. Was it constitutional? Was it not? The Constitution says Congress decides when the dates and times of all this stuff are. Congress decided back in 1845 mm -hmm. that it would be the freaking second Tuesday, the, the Tuesday after the first Monday in November. That's election day. Right. Congress decided that. So does the states have the authority to say, well, because we got coronavirus this year, we're just, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to add like six or ten more days mm -hmm. for all these ballots to come in. And the answer has to be no. Constitutionally, that, that can't be right. Constitutionally. Because it says Congress decides that, not the states. And the states didn't go get Congress to vote on a new act right. that would supersede the President Election Day Act of 1845. Yeah. 
Are yeah. you are you proud of me, Jake? I am. I mean, I'm proud. I mean, I w- I'm pretty proud of myself at this point. Like I found all this out just this morning. Yeah, and I was just thinking about that. Like a, a redneck from Mississippi can come up with the truth and write it down on a piece of paper. And like the Russia collusion thing with Trump, yeah, I would love to see a liberal write down exactly what Trump did and say, "See, here's here's some proof," because they didn't have it. I'm not for three even years. saying that if six months ago these states had put this together and tried to take it before Congress, it might have passed. I don't know. Yeah. It might have passed. I have no idea. But what I do know is that they didn't do that. Yeah. That's what I do know. I know that the state's Supreme Courts decided to do that. That's not constitutional. That's not that's not what the Constitution says in regards to the presidential election. Mm-hmm. The Constitution, again, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, says that Congress shall pick the time and date. And they picked it in 1845 for the Presidential Election Day Act. So the case that Texas is bringing to the Supreme Court that now 21 states so far have signed on to take this to the doorstep of the Supreme Court, they are saying that if you take all this info, all the U.S. Code, the Constitution, those states, and I think that they could even argue the six states to include Nevada and Arizona, Mm Mm-hmm did not have the authority to make that decision, which would make all votes counted after the end of November 3rd, no. throw them out. Yep. Or better, you got to throw out the freaking states, just the states in general. They don't get to vote this year because that state and the state's elected officials chose to violate constitution. Yeah, take it up with your governor. Take it up with your governor. Take it up with your, with your people. You violated the Constitution. Yeah. Our country is more important than your state. Exactly. Sorry. The country, that's a very good point. The country is more important than your state. And your states violated the Constitution. Because the Constitution says that. So if the Constitution says that, where's the U.S. code that was passed? And what, what, what's the current Congress number? Hang on. Let me see. What, what is the current Congress number? This is the 116th Congress right now. Okay, so the 28th Congress passed the Presidential Election Day Act. Yeah. So now we're on the 116th Congress. So I haven't read anything about the 116th Congress passing the Presidential Coronavirus Day Act. Where's that? So if Congress decides the dates and the date has been set, at the Presidential Election Day Act of 1845, mm-hmm. did these states have the authority to do it? And the answer is fundamentally and constitutionally no. They didn't. This is not over, ladies and gentlemen. This is not over. This is not done. This is not hoopla. This is not circumventing democracy either. In fact, this is the exact opposite of that. Right. This is ensuring democracy. It is our obligation as Americans to say that even if they didn't do anything fraud related, they broke the constitution. So therefore their vote should not count. And those states should not be able to go. They should not be able to count. They should not be able to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is far from over. If your state is not signed on to this Texas going to Supreme court thing, call your governor, call your state representatives, get it 
on the ticket. It is time for us to stand up as real Americans. It is time for us to do this thing and win this for ourselves, our children, their children, our future. That's all we have for this episode, and we'll see you again next time. See you.